Hello dreamers. If you're watching this on YouTube, click the subscribe button in the bottom right of this video. Go to Live in the Dream 506 on Instagram and Facebook and give us a like and a follow. And thanks for your support. Keep listening and uh, keep dreaming. My guest today is one of Canada's biggest stand-up comedians. We're extremely honored and excited to have him on the show. And here he is again, James Mullinger. I'm James Mullinger, and I'm living the dream, and so are you. So you subscribe now to the Living the Dream podcast. Don't hesitate. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast today. You need it if you want to live the dream. Okay, um, yeah, let's uh, okay, uh, go for it. Deep breath, deep breath. <laughs> and here we are, round two with the elusive James Mollinger. How you doing, <laughs> I'm good, thanks, Chris. Yeah, elusive, I like that. That's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a nice tagline to have, elusive. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, I want to jump right into it because we were talking before this, and you said what we should talk about is how the last one went and how this one's going to be. So right out the gate, give me your, your recollection, your experience from the first drive-in. Yeah, and thank you. And thanks for doing this, by the way. This is um, this was super cool. We had such a blast, obviously, talking last time, and it was so nice. I guess, obviously, last time we spoke, we were talking, um, obviously, prior to the first, not only the first um, live drive-in show for all of us, but also the first live drive-in show for anyone in Canada. It was, of course, um, a wonderfully kind of uh, uh, history-making moment. Um, Jeff and everyone at Poker Logan Productions obviously did uh, this kind of incredible job, A, coming up with this amazing idea, but then also executing it. And um, so when you and I spoke last, I mean, I was just excited about it, but I had no idea what to expect. And, of course... As of right now, as we are talking right now, of course, uh, people are, are obviously driving in to uh, the, uh, the the Sussex Drive-In. Um, some of you listening may have cottoned on that we are recording this before this, but you're hearing us now. So we are kind of, Chris and I are both uh, very near to where you all are right now in real life. Um, you're all driving in. Um, some of you may have been at the, at the last drive-in show. Um, and for some of you, it may be your first. I mean, for me, the, the, the weird thing about that whole experience and, and the wonderful thing was that obviously, I mean, I'd grown up seeing drive-in movies in movies. Like, like you know, I mean, it appears in, in almost every kind of classic uh, American movie, whether it be Grease or American Graffiti or Porky's or any of these movies, all the classics, um, you would see kids going to a, a drive-in. And I always wanted to go to one. I mean, as a as a kid growing up who loved movies, that looked like the, the dream, but I'd never been to one. I'd never been to the, the Sussex drive-in before. I'd never been to any drive-in. Um, so not only had I not seen a movie at a drive-in, I also certainly had never performed 
on a stage uh, at one. I'd never seen someone perform on stage. And also, as you know, I was the first performer on that day. So, or, or that night. So it was kind of a very weird and surreal and, and slightly nerve wracking moment, knowing that I was about to have my first drive-in experience ever in any context, but was going to be up on stage in front of a thousand people in over, you know, in 300 cars um, on this big screen. So, um, it was uh, it was definitely emotional, especially, and then you also factor in the fact that none of us had really seen another human being other than our family for three or four months, certainly not been to a live show. So there was a lot of emotions kind of uh, riding high that day. And and certainly for, for Jeff and his team, I mean, a lot of uh, stresses, of course, not knowing if, if everything was going to work. And then, uh, as we all kind of know now, miraculously, everything not only worked and, and went to plan, um, but it did so with aplomb. I mean, I mean, I mean, I think most people would agree that if a few things had gone wrong, we would all have gone fair enough. You know, it's just nice to be out of the house. If the sound hadn't worked or if some of the video hadn't worked or if I don't know if I mean, not all of those things, but if one or two of those things had gone wrong, we would have gone eh, still nice to be out. Um, as it was, everything went to the plan. And so I'm just hoping, praying uh, that, that tonight, uh, Friday night at the drive-in, goes, uh, goes just as well. How was the honking instead of laughter for you? It, a good question. It was... Um, yeah, it, that was what was so bizarre was, of course, you know, I walked out onto the stage not knowing how we were going to do it. And, and and interestingly, I mean, that was a month ago now, that, that first one. And I think it was the following day that uh, someone in uh, Manitoba did one. And then it took Ontario and Quebec a couple more weeks to catch on. So, yeah, when I walked out there, I was kind of saying to the crowd, like, what do you want to do? Do you want to flashlights? Do you want to honk horns? What do you want to do? And it seemed like the, the consensus was honking horns. And so it was bizarre. Like, obviously, at first, it's like I would do a punchline and then there would be horns. And then, I, I mean, so at first, very surreal, a bit like doing a gig in a Disney Cars movie. Like, that's what it felt like. And, and, and then it became even more like that about 10 minutes in when once I kind of acclimatized to the situation. And realized that I basically my brain just switched its desire for laughter with the desire for honking. So um, it, it, after 10 minutes, it started to feel normal. And I think tonight it's going to feel even more normal. That's just that feeling of um, of right down to the fact that when I did a joke that I knew was OK, it got a few honks. When I did one that generally gets quite a big reaction, it got lots of honks. Like, so I was, I mean, it, I, I felt like the honks were very much in line with the laughter. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a magical experience. And it's been fascinating seeing, uh, as I say, the other places in Canada kind of doing this. Uh, and of course, I mean, you know, Massive shout out to Don and his family who run and own the Sussex Drive-In. Um, as they've said many times in the last few weeks, as newspapers have kind of cottoned on to what's been happening and they've been saying, you know, it's the return of the drive-in. As Don has wisely pointed out, he's been here all the time. It's not the return of. Um, lots of people have been going and enjoying. And funnily enough, uh, four days after that show, uh, I actually went to my first drive-in movie. I drove my kids, uh, Hunter and River, six to nine years old, 
to the Sussex Drive-In on the Tuesday night to watch Son Sonic the Hedgehog, a movie that we'd watched on a, uh, on I say on demand, watched it on a pirate bootleg website um, uh, because, you know, in lockdown, not earning, I wasn't going to give iTunes that money, um, but then uh, but then made up for it by, by paying to go and see the, the movie at the drive-in. So I always say that if you're going to pirate something, as long as you pay for it afterwards, same system with theft. If you if you steal something, just make sure you pay for it later when you when you can afford to. It's a fair system in life. Right. That's how I justify uh, music. I go see the band live. I'm I'm giving back. Exactly. Exactly. And they don't see any of the money anyway from the right. from the internet sales. Exactly. Mr. Spotify and Mr. Tunes is taking all the money. You know, support the band for real. Buy a T-shirt steal the stuff online and it's not really stealing i mean um it's kind of like i don't know it's like trump's Preview. yeah exactly yeah it's what trump said about um about uh the covid cases as the cases kept rising he kept saying well if you want the he said if you want the numbers to go down stop testing people i thought that was brilliant <laughs> Basically, if you want crime to go down, just stop reporting crimes. Stop, stop charging people with crime. Basically, uh, remove the laws, and then there'll be no crime. Uh, you know, Trump's um, Trump's on fire right now. I think we can all agree. Wish he was, in fact. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just I got thinking about the honking thing. I mean, for the rest of your life, you're going to have this weird Pavlovian response in traffic. You're going to get excited when there's just bumper-to-bumper traffic that is you're absolutely right like if i if i'm in a if i'm in a long lineup so basically trying to get across a border at any point in the next two months and i'm in a long line in sweltering heat and people are honking horns i'm going to be sat there in the car going i'm the man <laughs> <laughs> I've still got it. Do you hear that, kids? That is hundreds of cars telling Daddy that he is doing some great comedy right now. No, that's a very good point. It's um, yeah, and and it's it's been weird actually now watching the footage in England of people kind of adapting to it and and watching. And it's funny how just almost it wasn't like the whole world sat down and went, "We're going to do the horn honking thing." But that's what's been happening. And it's it's um, I think like most businesses. And, and, you know, almost anyone kind of in any kind of creative field or any kind of entrepreneurial field, uh, you just find ways of, uh, of, of, of adapting. And, um, and, and I'm desperate. See, see what I'm, I'm doing? Because I'm trying to do that thing where I'm desperately trying to not use any of the words that we're all sick of hearing. I'm trying to not say pivoting. Um, right. I'm not going to say it. So we're adapting. And, um, but, yeah, so it, it, was, it, it will definitely be weird um, when I am back in front of, Although I guess I guess what's different tonight, and I guess this is an important point for everyone. And of course, by now uh, we are, you know, we are ten minutes into the podcast. Some people uh, will now be parked and hopefully listening to us. Um, I guess an important shift uh, from the last event is that the last event no one was allowed out of their car to do anything other than uh, a poo or a wee, um, uh, and only one of those. You had to pick one <laughs> and then go back to your car. Uh, you couldn't do both. Um, everyone's allowed out of their cars now with social distancing. So I guess this is an important point that if you are listening to this you um, and you have lawn chairs, you are allowed out of your car. You can't be beside your car uh, because obviously then you won't be distanced. You can be in front of your car. Obviously, the best sound uh, will still be in your car because it's not like there's a PA system. I mean, all the audio is still coming from the from the, from the car radios. But if you've got a portable radio, 
and you want to sit in front of your car, uh, you can do that now, which again is, um, uh, again, I think that's what's fascinating now is just how every single day or every, certainly every few weeks, things are shifting and um, gradually things are going back to normal. Um, well, the, the, I'm not going to say the new normal because I said no cliches, no pivoting and no new normals. Um, but, but I mean, I do think that things like the drive-in, I hope that it does continue because it's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a way of enjoying a festival-type uh, atmosphere at a fraction of the, kind of, uh, of, of the ticket cost. And, that, and maybe it's something that can carry on. All I know is, is that, um, you know, that night and hopefully tonight have been two of the most... Uh, the, that night a few weeks ago was one of the most enjoyable uh, shows I've ever had. And I think tonight's going to be uh, just as good, if not better. Yeah, absolutely. It was my girlfriend's first time seeing you actually at that show and she just had a blast. She thought you were just hilarious. And it was like, I mean, I've seen you a few times and we've talked, so I, I know how you are, who you are, things like that. But I've talked to a lot of people since about the last show and this upcoming show and everybody's just elated to be back doing things. And like you said, the new, the new evolution of being able to sit outside I think marks the return of festivals because I agree. being outside is, is what a festival is. Exactly. So the crowd smaller for sure. Mm. But at this point we're really only a PA system away from being back. And I think this event that we're doing this weekend could essentially have a PA. We could, it could be, everything could be back to normal with just a smaller audience. I agree, and, and and I think that's definitely the next the next phase, and I, and I think it's possibly something that um, you know the, the you know the the next one of these I think as you say it will be that you know obviously it's going to be a while before we can have mosh pits or crowd surfing <laughs> or tent orgies again. <laughs> um, I know, I know, it's kind of what's the point without? Uh, right. uh, <laughs> so it'll be a while before we can do that again. But at the same time, as you say, I mean, we're we you know the fact that we can be outside. I mean, and really the only difference between the, the, that and a festival is, as you say, it's the number of people, but it's the same thing, you know, big screens, you've got people on a stage, they're, they're, they're actually there. Um, and that was so nice, uh, uh, so nice of you to say that, and I really appreciate your girlfriend's kind words, because of course that's one of the, the worries with doing um, these things is, is you don't want to do something, you never want to do something that's not going to be as good as the, as the usual live experience. And I think that's, the, that's always been the, what's, made me kind of not apprehensive about but was obviously apprehensive about doing virtual gigs at the beginning and then kind of you know wanting to kind of research this this drive-in concept before kind of committing to it is that um even though everyone's been cooped up and everyone's happy to be out you still want to put on uh, a show that could be considered a as good a show as any other and um and and that's really what we've kind of worked hard to try and do with these shows is just make sure that um everyone's getting the best possible live experience and they're not sat there feeling like this is any kind of compromise because you know we don't want people to come out and and feel like you know f feel like well this is good for uh a, you know a, a show during a global pandemic you want people to come out and go well this is a great show and i would pay to see this anytime and 
You know, I think the wonderful thing what we tried to do tonight in, in mixing things up by having, you know, uh, the amazing Clyde Ray, uh, you know, w one of the world's best poets, highly regarded in New York, where he's from, now, now chooses to live a quieter life in St. John. Uh, you have two amazing comedians, Corey Hartland and Darren Elmore. And uh, the tortoise, the hare, the millionaire—you know—one of my favorite bands. Like, it, like what I tried to do this time was kind of make, give it this kind of arts and culture feel, where you know, kind of like what you would get at a Glastonbury festival in England, where you know there is where they mix up everything from, you know, I mean, there they have everything from children's entertainment, poetry, stand-up comedy, obviously music. So you know, you can see, uh, you know, a, a, a comedian like you know Stuart Lee or or Bill Burr. And then you might see Stevie Wonder and, you know, when he was alive, for example, David Bowie. And then you would see uh, poetry or... And so it's that thing about just trying to kind of mix up um, different... And I think that's that's the feeling that I hope people get tonight is that, you know, they're going to they're gonna rock out to the tour of the Millionaire, uh, three comedians to make them laugh, and, and Clyde Ray's going to inspire them and uh, and uplift them and just really make make everyone kind of leave feeling... Um, cultured, uh, uplifted, and uh, hopefully with uh, with uh, sore ribs, because that that's the, that's basically the that's the game I'm in is is sore ribs. <laughs> so what's the order of the lineup this time? Are you kicking things off again? So no, so Corey Hartland is uh, is emceeing, uh, amazing comedian from uh, Miramichi, but now lives in uh, Fredericton and done lots of shows with him. He opened for me uh, last year at the Fredericton Playhouse and. Um, did such a good job with it. I, I was actually worried about following him. And that's really what I look for in a opener. Some, some comedians, I think, hire comics to open for them that maybe aren't as good as them so, to make them look better. I, I'm a great believer in when people come out, they're coming out, they're paying for the whole show. They're coming out for the whole thing. Don't give them anything that's, that's below par. Um, and, you know, we all know, you know, uh, you have kids, I have kids, we know how expensive babysitters are. We know how hard it is to get out of the house. Every second counts. You don't want to have, you know, because, I mean, especially when you think how, how expensive babysitters are now. It's insane. I mean, it would quite literally be cheaper to hire a prostitute to come and watch your kids than it is to pay some some uh, some babysitters these days. I mean, again, I've, this is just from what I've been reading on the... Uh, <laughs> on the uh, social economic reports on the salaries of prostitutes. It's been, uh, it's been a few months since I've hired one. Um, but uh, uh, but it's, it's expensive time. So I guess my point is when a comedian or any uh, performer hires an artist to open for them that, uh, that they're doing so because they're trying to make themselves look good, you just wasted uh, seven bucks, 50 of that, you know, whatever it is that the... the um, parent is paying the babysitter per hour you're wasting that person's time i want to give the best show from beginning to end and and even i mean and i take it as a compliment when people come up to me and say that i was the worst person on the bell i take that uh, as a compliment because i say well good good that that's the way it should be if you came to see me and then the people i booked were all better than me then great so um corey hartland's emceeing and then uh clyde ray will come up and uh, read some of his uh, some of his uh, brand new poetry very inspiring i saw him uh, speak at the Black Lives Matter March in St. John uh, a month ago and I've, I've worked with him many times before and we did a TV show together for CBC a few years back. Uh, in incredible man, incredible inspiration, incredible voice, incredible writer, incredible performer um, and people. I think the, the people are going to be absolutely blown away by Clyde. And then uh, Darren Elmore, uh, Sussex comedian, 
um, uh, also known as the Duchess of Sussex, he calls himself, uh, very proudly. Uh, I, he says he's the only gay man in Sussex. I, 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 I don't, I think he's probably the only gay comedian uh, in, in Sussex. There's probably other uh, gay, but maybe they're in tonight. In fact, you're listening to this podcast right now and you are a gay man or woman uh, in Sussex. Honk your horn, honk your horn. Yes. So, uh, uh, you know, I guess the honking of the horn can be the, uh, it's the Maritimes version of Grinder, right? Honk your horn, and then uh, we will all know how to kind of find one another um, in this wonderful field. And then um, after Darren, uh, Corey will bring me up. I'll come up and do uh, 45 minutes of, of stand-up. Um, probably uh, half pandemic material and half what's the deal with the Maritimes material, which is basically what I do. And then the tortoise, the hare and the millionaire will we'll bring it home with a barnstorming set at the end. And, um, and you know, we're basically going to try and give it to a nice, nice tight two hour show, uh, run it straight through. And, um, you know, just want to see people laughing, dancing, having a great time and just feeling proud to A, be from New Brunswick and be in New Brunswick, but also to be, uh, you know, I love the fact that, you know, Sussex is one of my favorite towns. It's the place that I did my first ever gig in New Brunswick, uh, basically 10 years ago. Um, and um, and I love the fact that thanks to the, thanks to Jeff and his family and everyone at Pope Logan Productions, you know, that was, uh, they literally made history in Sussex. It was the first show of its kind in all of Canada. Now, of course, uh, that would have made front, that would have been in the newspapers nationally if that had happened anywhere else in the country. But since it happened east of Quebec, it may as well have not happened. Um, uh, but it doesn't matter that, that we get ignored by the rest of the country um, because uh, we're doing our own thing and um, we're all the better for it. And right now, everyone in Canada wants to be in New Brunswick. Years and years of us saying, come to New Brunswick, and people have been going, oh, no, not so sure about that. Now they're begging to get in, and we're going, no, no, you didn't <laughs> want to come before. You can take your coronavirus. You can take it back to your Quebec, your Ontario. I mean, I mean, it is quite amazing. Like, I mean, the fact that right now, I mean, I, I, I recently heard that, like, um, for example, cruise ships uh, next year, which were due to start their journeys in America and now starting in other parts of the world. Because, I mean, as, you, as everyone listening knows, I mean, the, 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 whereas we know Canada has handled the coronavirus uh, spectacularly well, New Brunswick, of course, has handled it the best. Um, PEI, by default, did extremely well, but then they kind of blow it by uh, just hating on uh, uh, any, any uh, license plate that wasn't uh, a PEI license plate, as if no one has ever kind of bought a car from another province. Uh, 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 so, um, you know, they're um, out with their pitchforks there. So um, we, um, New Brunswick's winning. And, and, but uh, yeah, it's quite remarkable that America has gone, I mean, again, I mean, gradually over time, but the fact that it's gone from being, uh, you know, people used to believe it was one of the best places in the world to visit, one of the best places in the world to live, the American dream. Um, but I mean, who could have predicted that Trump would do such a bad job? I mean, who could have guessed? I mean, that was me thinking that, that, that the host of a reality show was going to do an amazing job. Well, he proved me wrong. And, and you know, I, I stand corrected. I thought he was going to be one of the greatest world leaders, but turns out, um, turns out the host of a reality show doesn't know how to deal with the global pandemic very well. Well, that's me told. <laughs> so, is he getting elected? Is he doing a victory lap or what? 
It's a good question. I mean, I mean, I guess the honest answer is none of us, none of us, obviously know. And the reality is, it, unfortunately, it's perfectly plausible. He could. I mean, a. I mean, the Kanye thing. I seem to be fairly short-lived, but equally, I mean, if Kanye runs, then that is definitely going to split the Biden vote, uh, uh, which I think will. If Kanye runs, Trump's definitely getting in. Um, uh, but then equally, there's, I mean, f the thing is, none of us thought, it's funny now when people say, oh, there's no way, there's no way Trump will get in. But you, you kind of go, well, we said that, we said that before, and he did. And then the other thing is that you look at the approval ratings, and it's, people say, oh, you know, Trump's approval rating is at an all-time low. Well, he, he's only got approval rating of one in four. And you think 25% of people in America think he's doing a good job. I mean, I mean, that basically tells you everything you need to know. You know, these are the people, I mean, I was going to say, that it, I was going to say they're the silent minority, but they're not anymore because I mean, fo they include Fox News and all of these. Um, I mean, there are people that genuinely think he's doing a good job. And oddly, some of them own TV networks in America. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think he could get in again and would it be the end of the world? I mean, it, it, it could be the end of the world. I mean, I guess the, I mean, the one saving grace, of course, is that, you know, how much power does an American president really have? I mean, and, when, and I say that, and it sounds like a stupid thing to say, but you look at something that someone like President Obama, who could not have been more committed to uh, I implementing some kind of gun control laws, like not, not restrictive ones, but he was trying to implement, you know, perhaps, you know, a 12 year old with a terror record with a criminal record for terrorism shouldn't be allowed to buy 50 automatic weapons in one go without any ID. You know, maybe we should pass that law. And he kept getting stopped at every turn from implementing any kind of uh, restriction like that. Um, so he tried that for eight years. Um, so, you know, you would like to think Trump can do too much trouble, but I say that he has just kind of managed to off half a million uh, Americans with his treatment of the... This is, this is quite a dark subject I've, where we've, <laughs> we've, we've stumbled across. People have just, they've just driven in to the, to the, to the, to the Sussex driving for, for an evening of, of fun, f comedy and laughter and wonderful times. With that, 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 that English comedian, the English comedian James Wallen, he's a bit silly, isn't he? He's always joking about the directions and the, the homemade wine. Let's turn on the radio to listen to him and Chris having a comical <laughs> chat about all of the funny little idiosyncrasies. Um, oh, he's talking about um, you know, mass shootings in America <laughs> and um, the, 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 the mass wipeout of the American population thanks to Donald Trump. Um, but I guess I can answer your question quickly. Is Trump going to get again? I, I pr absolutely pray not, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Because if there's one thing we've all learned is anything can happen in America. You know, it's, like that, it's that, that little thing. You know when someone a friend says to you something like, uh, they say, have you heard that there was, I don't know, something ridiculous like, um, have you heard that like, uh, there's people now that can uh, shove like uh, a, a, an entire watermelon up their butt for a TV show competition, and you think nah, that sounds like a that sounds ridiculous. All they have to do is say in America, and you go, oh yeah, that's absolutely plausible. So, so it, 
Yeah, so that's definitely a thing that's happening. So anything, it's like when the spoofs come out, those those uh, interview spoofs of Trump, where the, the, the different voice actors do him. You can't tell the difference between a real one and a fake one. Um, so it could happen, but, um, you know, uh, we're, I think we're safe in New Brunswick. Um, yeah, I hope. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, the alternative's not that great either when you have 350 million and those are the two leading candidates. But I mean, nothing, nothing evokes laughter more than doomsday politic conversation like this. So I, 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 I know, but you are right that um, the only thing going for Trump is that Joe Biden looks like he's already has the coronavirus. <laughs> uh, right. That's I mean, it, it's it, it's that, that's 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 the thing. going. Joe Biden does not. Let, Joe, Joe Biden is not the picture of health. And you're no. right, it does beg the question, how is this world leader, uh, this country that, that was a world leader, those are the two best candidates. So um, anyway, um, the only to thing expect, we can do is laugh. To expect him to finish a four-year term when he can barely finish a sentence. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I agree, I agree. I mean, it's funny. It reminds me of a, a, a wonderful thing that a, a, a person said. I, I have a, I had a... Obviously, all of my other shows this year kind of got, got postponed or cancelled or put forward to next year. And one of the theatres that I was doing in uh, Toronto, um, they were saying to people, you know, you can keep your ticket for next year. Uh, James will be back here in February or, or you can have a refund. And they, um, this gentleman phoned, uh, an, an elderly gentleman, and he said, uh, and they said, you know, so, so would you like to keep your ticket for February? And he said, oh, he said, he said, oh, you're joking. He said, I don't even buy green bananas. <laughs> <laughs> and you're right. I mean, Joe Biden, a four-year term. I don't think Joe Biden should be buying green bananas, really. <laughs> That's a so, great quote. Isn't it nice? And that's a really, that. really sweet way of looking at the uh in, in the tragic inevitability of our um lifespans <laughs> no i get i still have tickets to some concerts that just keep getting postponed again and again and yeah. it's like at this point i'd be better off taking that money and investing it until the actual date and i might be able to go for free yeah, yeah. Or you'll be able to like you'll be able to afford to hire the band uh, <laughs> to come and perform in your garden. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's uh, I think if any of us could have known, um, you know, if only I hadn't sold those shares in, Corona, you know, if, I, if only I yeah, hadn't invested in Corona beer instead of selling the shares in hand sanitizer. Um, my word, I'd have been a rich man today. <laughs> I saw today one of the concerts I was going to attend was rescheduled for May 2022. Wow. In Boston. But I mean, that's that's the U.S. and I, I think their outlook's a little shittier than ours, but... I, I agree. And and rightly so. I think they've kind of realized that things are, uh, things are gloomy for them. And it's... Um, I mean, it was it, that's one of the things that was kind of, you know... I guess if you can call uh, anything during a global pandemic heartwarming, but it was heartwarming seeing a how Canada fared on the world stage, which was extremely well, but also, I mean, as I say, how, how well New Brunswick fared. And, um, and obviously there, there's some politicians that, that very uh, greedily uh, like to take, to take credit for that, whether that be retweeting praise or whatever else. But the reality is it was the people that did it. I mean, you know, it was the, the you know, uh, 
pretty much every politician in every city and every, other than the few ones in America where they really messed up, most places just did the same thing. They, you know, it's not, there was no one person or province or that did something smarter. It was simply uh, everyone pretty much everywhere said, stay home, there's a global pandemic. And um, New Brunswickers followed the rules. And, um, and, and that's why we won. Uh, if it's, it's not a competition, obviously. For now. But, uh, now, now it's not, yeah. I know, yeah. It, was, uh, it was touch and go for a while. But uh, now that we've won, we can say it's not the winning <laughs> that counts. Hopefully it stays that way. Because now with the borders opening to like Nova Scotia and just like the maritime bubble, that opens up a lot of possibilities for music. Because I know a lot of bands are spread out amongst the maritime provinces. That's, that's exciting to me because... I know when the first drive-in concert was happening, a lot of bands were asked that weren't able to commit due to some members being in Nova Scotia or wherever. Right. You know? So now I think the possibilities have just grown like maybe tenfold, which is exciting. Definitely. Yeah, you make a very good point. And the other thing that's, that I think is important is... Um, you know, so many of the best ba maritime bands and comedians and, and perform, uh, spend most of their year performing in other parts of the country and world because there's high populations and that's what they need to do uh, to, 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 to sell tickets. This is a great time and a great opportunity for people to get out and support uh, the maritime bands so that maybe when the pandemic's over, they don't need to spend all that time away. I mean, it, it, it's... it's um, you know, we know all, all the bands that we follow in the Maritimes, you know, most of the time they spend most of their year performing elsewhere. Um, uh, I think it's time for people to start embracing uh, our bands here. And that's not to say, you know, not to say that you know, people shouldn't go and see um, uh, touring bands that come here, because, of course, that's, that's, you know, if no one went to see bands that come here, then no, no one would come here. But um, but I don't think people realize quite how many amazing bands we do have here, how many amazing comedians we have here. And, uh, and again, in the same way that people are starting to appreciate home more and starting to appreciate all of the kind of, you know, uh, restaurants or bars or tourist destinations that we have here, um, people are going to start appreciating all of the artists we have here too. Yeah. And I noticed some of the smaller uh, comedy shows in St. John are starting to open up, like uh, St. John's John Forward, St. John Forward and yes. its crew, like Brian Godso and those guys, they're starting to get their comedy shows back up and running. And yeah. I know you have some other things scheduled. What else do you have coming up after the drive-in? Yeah, so, uh, yeah. And, and again, I mean, John Ford's another person that's kind of, you know, been extremely innovative, thinking outside the box, did, uh, did one in the parking lot outside uh, the club where, where the, uh, the R bar where it's normally held, uh, doing no-jokes barred shows. Um, and I believe also, I should point out, donated, uh, donated all of that money to, to Prude, which is um, a part of the Black Lives Matter movement in St. John. Awesome. Uh, so kudos to them for that. Um, and um, yes, Punchlines Comedy Club is uh, is opening up again uh, soon. Again, obviously with social distancing and everything else. Um, and I believe um, I'm also doing some shows at Dunham's Run, Vin Dunham's Run Vineyard on the Kingston Peninsula. Again, socially distanced. Um, one that I haven't announced yet, which I'm doing, is a show in Truro, actually, at the Old Road Barbecue. They have space outside for a couple of hundred people to be socially distanced. Um, so again, uh, doing shows there. So just really trying to find any ways of doing things that are um, safe, legal, and, and just basically follow all the rules. And um, I think what's going to be fascinating is how this will benefit, uh, for example, I mean, a, a venue like the, the Old Road Barbecue is a perfect example, where 
they have the capacity to have 200 people socially distanced outside uh, safely, securely. Um, meanwhile, uh, big name, uh, you know, or, or big, big theatres for the time being, if you're like a thousand seater, you can only have about 250 people in there. So all of the costs, I mean, again, I mean, I, who knows what the government have planned, if anything, it's, it's you know, it, it, I mean, it's definitely been a bugbear of mine seeing kind of the lack of uh, understanding towards the arts community, which is a very typical thing, really. I mean, governments tend to, you know, the arts tend to be bottom of their of their list of priorities. And, um, and you know, but with all of the people that are employed in the theatrical world, um, you know, um, on stage, behind the stage, um, and all of the businesses that are, uh, you know, affected by theatres being closed you know i mean for example i mean i mean the only time i'm really kind of out uh, eating at restaurants and bars is when i'm going to a show at a theater um you know or, or a comedy club or whatever else and there's a lot of people that kind of so it's, so there's so many you know taxi companies there's so many companies attached to these things so i hope that the, the government start prioritizing the 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 arts world and the theater world um, a, a bit more than they have been, just so things can get um, up and running again, and, and we can all. Um... But that said, like I say, the um, uh, one of my big wishes and hopes is that is that this experience, this thing that we're all here right now experiencing, the drive-in, this is what I want to carry on, and I'm very confident it will be. Absolutely. So, just one more shout out to everybody that's here tonight at the Sussex Drive-in. Mm-hmm. James and I want to thank you for coming. Uh, this is the second event for James here, and just what an what an experience the last time was, and I hope tonight is just equally as fun. You'll be outside of your car, maybe have an arm inside to get the honking going and the laughter together, and yeah, give that Pavlovian response to James that he also needs. <laughs> that's it. That's it. I need. I've, I've been craving it. Um, uh, thank you all uh, for for being here for listening. Um, look up on the big screen right now. Um, uh, and you will see exactly how to subscribe and how to uh, listen to all of the episodes of, uh, of Chris's amazing Living the Dream podcast. Um, if you're here tonight, I know you'll love it. It's a, it's a celebration of living the dream in the Maritimes, a celebration of, of, of culture, arts. Um, if you're here tonight, you're going to love it. So do that. Um, and uh, yeah, just thanks for being here. Have a great night. Honk loudly. Uh, stay safe. And, and just have fun and just, you know, tag us on, on, on all the social medias. Um, but really, the reason we're here tonight is to have fun. And thank you all for being here. And I will see you up on that stage right in front of you uh, very shortly. Um, and maybe all start honking your horns now so we know how many of you are listening to us. <laughs> awesome. Thanks a lot, uh, James. I really appreciate it, honestly. And um, uh, yeah, honestly, can't thank you enough, mate. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be awesome to, to, to have this have this out there. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, James Mollinger. Thank you, brother.
Hello there, it's British comedian turned maritimer James Mullinger here. I'm living the dream, and if you want to live the dream, subscribe now to the Living the Dream podcast. Go this way here to press the button or down below or above, somewhere around here. You've got a tick, tick, tick. Tick, tick, subscribe, subscribe, add uh, Instagram, Facebook. We might be on the YouTubes. We're on the YouTubes. Go down. As my son's friends, not friends, my son's friends' favourite YouTubers would say, smash the like button. Nah.